and we are back. MGM National Harbor, that's where we're at. She's Trista Crick, my number one pal, my work wife, as I call her in the biz. I'm Ryan Horvat. It's true. The guy with the big eyebrows that lost over uh, three Gs on the Cowboys last night. Not a great decision. I'm broke because of it, but I'm trying to get some of it back. And A.J. Dillon is actually running forward, which is a good new development here in this game. And the Packers have the ball first and goal. They're down 10-3, 9.20 to go in the third quarter. And it's off the board right now. I'm feeling a little bit better here, T. I'm, I'm in the wave right now, uh, the betting wave, where you're not really sure which is which is up, which is down. We just want my team to win for my birthday. Yeah, we do. Let's just go with that. I uh, like that. Packers down 10-3 out in Vegas. Speaking of out in Vegas, it's about time to talk with one of my favorite people on this planet, the great Patrick Everson. Follow him on Twitter, Patrick E underscore Vegas, senior reporter over at Vegas Insider. And, Pat, I want to start, actually, with uh, how the books did yesterday because we saw a lot of favorites. Last night, San Francisco closes as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They went outright cover. The Chiefs win and cover against the Vikings. How the books clean up yesterday? I wouldn't say, First off, great to have you both be on with both of you. Hopefully you can hear me okay. Yeah, I'm in a little bit of a loud background. I am in a Vegas establishment taking all this in, and there are a fair amount of Packers backers, as you might have just surmised, unless Same. you didn't see what I just saw. Depending on AJ Dillon, baby, uh, never a doubt, best running back in the league. Pat, touchdown, touchdown. Look, I think it kind of depended a little bit. Uh, some books did okay to the day. I think most books, uh, you know, the public did well overall. Even though early in the day, the public lost on the Bills, obviously. Um, uh, the, the public definitely lost on the Ravens, and the Ravens were probably a lot of people's money line parlays and so forth, and, and just were awful, indescribably awful. I don't, I don't know how they lost that game, but um, but look, the public got it right back. I mean, everybody was on, you know, all the recreational folks were on Miami, and they got there both straight up and against the spread. And uh, obviously, as you alluded to, Ryan. Uh, the afternoon was the, the later window was huge because you had the Chiefs get there and cover. You had uh, the Eagles get there and cover, and then everything ran to San Francisco last night. So it was a really good week for for the public, I would say, again. And for the same reason as it was in week four, everything ran to Kansas City that night. And granted, Kansas City didn't cover, which would have made it a much bigger decision for the public. But um, it was still a good win for the public because all the Moneyline parlays got there. Last night, the same thing with the Niners. Now, you've been doing this a long time, Pat, and I don't expect you to have the information right at the top of your head or, you know, even having the statistics in front of you but because we didn't prepare you for this. But doesn't it feel like this is a much more public year than we've had five weeks into the season than a lot of the other years? Is it just me? I, I don't think it's just you. Here, here's the thing. I think there's a couple things to play. First off, the public got over on Colorado in those first two weeks. And by yep. the way, side note, the public just got over on Colorado on its win total, uh, which was three and a half, and they and they got to four over the weekend. We can touch on that if you like. But the public did really well those first couple of weeks to Colorado, and then the last couple of weeks, uh, the public's had some some good, you know, betting these money line parlays. That's really what it comes down to. What Oddsmaker told me this weekend, Tristan, he's like, look, every weekend now, it's about the money line parlays. So depending if the favorites do good in the late window and they roll into a popular favorite Sunday night, that's our day. Our day is going to totally count on what happens to the favorite on Sunday Night Football. So um, it I don't think you're imagining that. I don't think it's your imagination at all on there, Trista. I think it's been a, 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 a decent little run for the public overall, just in football season in general. Early with Colorado in the colleges, the last couple of weekends with the right favorites winning in the right slots to cash these money line parlays and sometimes teasers. 
and straight and you know uh, uh, spread parlays as well. But um, you know we've seen these kind of little runs before, and there's usually some regression to the mean at some point. We'll we'll have to see when it happens. Yeah, I mean, sharp betters and people who do this for a living and talk about it, we're always looking at the what the public percentage is. 84% of the bets on the Dolphins, 79% on the Chiefs. Like, what does one do? I, I told Ryan right before you came on, I feel like I'm in the betting wave where I'm not really sure yeah. whether I should trust, you know, just what I see on the field or going against the public. Right. It is. It's hard to say right now when the public gets in a, in a, in a little bit of a run here. And, you know, we're trying to report out what some of the sharp betters are doing in some of these games. And uh, the, the Vikings were a sharp side this week, no question about it. Uh, the Rams were absolutely a yeah. sharp side this week, no question about it. With that, we saw that number, we saw both those numbers slide back significantly in both those games. Um, and an odds maker, I told, I talked to you yesterday. He's like, look, those were absolutely sharp sides. They were, there was sharp money coming in on the Rams all week long. He said, uh, not just on, you know, not just leading up to kickoff. So, which is no surprise. The sharp guys, they'll get in early. They'll get the best. They'll try to get the best of the number. So. Yeah, it's certainly a, it's a little bit of a conundrum, but uh, again, there's usually some regression to the mean at some point. Who knows when it's coming, but usually it comes. Yeah, Pat, let's uh, start with some uh, games coming up for week six and look at some line movement or where the line might be going, some sure. book needs here. You got your Denver Broncos, tough loss yeah. to the Jets, and then you got the Kansas City Chiefs, the opener 10.5, opener as far as the total was 50. We see some 51.5s out there now, but Travis Kelsey could be slowed by a foot injury this week. What uh, what do you right. see in here, Kansas City, Denver? Well, with the odds, I speak with the same odds maker every Sunday night just to get a feel here in Vegas on on opening numbers and what the early action is doing. And what he told me last night, obviously, as you alluded to, Ryan, Denver has continued to disappoint. It will be interesting, he said, and you already brought it up, whether Travis Kelsey is a full go with only three days, three full days of rest. But he said it's not even going to matter. He doesn't think he's like, we're going to need Denver. He said the public is all the way back in on Kansas City after some Chiefs rustiness early, earlier in the season. And, you know, since suffering that loss to Detroit, KC has won, three, uh, won four in a row and gone three and one against the spread in those games. So, uh, you know, the public, it doesn't take much to get the public back on the Patrick Mahomes bus. And he said they're firmly on it. Where are people at now with the Bengals, Pat, because you get a really, really good game? Uh, from Joe Burrow, he airs it out. He gets the ball to, to Jamar Chase like 13 times, breaks the Cincinnati Bengals record. Joe Mixon, he was running the ball pretty well. Now they go up against the Seahawks, who are just on a bye. And I told this to Ryan, it feels like a little bit of like, uh, you know, revi not revisionist, but like um, like the, the last thing that we've seen now becomes what we expect to happen now that the Seahawks had a right. bye. Yeah. Right, the recency bias is much more in yes. favor of the Bengals. Didn't they have a, a lot going like a on in here, Pat? Yeah, our brains. Are oh, I understand. Trust me, I'm I'm like in, <laughs> neck deep in it here, so I'm kind of in your same zone right now. But yes, I think that's a good point because the recency bias with Seattle is, hey, I don't remember that they beat up on the Giants in prime time two weeks ago. I do remember the Burrow hit Chase on a 60-some yard touchdown pass, and the Bengals looked like the Bengals that went to the Super Bowl two years ago and have been obviously the two straight AFC Championship games. So I think the recency bias is going to lie with them, and that's what the odds maker told me. Um, however, uh, you know the sharp side on this kind of like Seattle here, and what right. he said was he said after the Bengals looked like their old selves against Arizona, they opened this at minus three. 
the look-ahead line last week was two and a half, and it got bet up to three Bengals, then got bet all the way back down to two. He said the market, when they reopened three last night, just the regular opening line, he said the market promptly went against us, looking to get it back down to that look-ahead number of two and a half and maybe even two. But he said my belief is that this number is going to close at some variation of three, and uh, which is where they opened the Bengals. And I do think, and he alluded to, the public's probably going to be on Cincinnati here. Uh, Pat, like, obviously, you know, the one thing you got to take into account and pay attention to this time of the season is injuries, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. And the Colts, even though he's a rookie, they're going to lose Anthony Richardson most likely for the next couple weeks. They open against the Jags as four-and-a-half-point dogs, the total five-and-a-half. Now we're seeing Jacksonville out to five-and-a-half. What do you think the book needs going to be here, and what do you expect here with Jacksonville and Indianapolis, especially with Indianapolis being a little bit better of a team than a lot of people expected coming into the season? Right. This is a real interesting one because uh, the, the odds maker I spoke with on the, I spoke to him about this game as well, and it's a really interesting spot because of the quarterback situation and so forth. But also, the London situation really plays into this here. And yeah. what he told me was, uh, they they you know the market likes Indianapolis in this spot, notwithstanding the situation at quarterback Ryan, because they kind of like to fade teams coming off a trip to London. And even though Jags are coming home, he's like flying transatlantic after two weeks in London. He said that's an angle that the wise guys are definitely looking at, even more so than the return, than the 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 more notable return of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I know he played this week, but he wasn't the guy. And obviously, Zach Moss went freaking haywire, so it didn't even matter. But um, you've got to assume Taylor's going to be a bigger part of the game plan this week with a full week of preparation. But he said, look, the wise guys, the smart guys are looking more at Jacksonville having to come back and get reacclimated after two weeks in London. Um, and, 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 and they are looking at Jacksonville, in, or rather Indy, in this game. He said, with the injury concerns at QB and the Jaguars looking good against Buffalo, we felt the line should go up. But their initial action uh, actually you know, kind of pushed them a little bit the other way towards, towards the Colts on this game. So we'll have to see how it unfolds during the week. Another team, obviously, wasn't a lot to like, Pat, was uh, my Cowboys. They just get destroyed by the Niners. It was never close. Dak Prescott looked horrible. I mean, it was just terrible. And now Chargers coming Uh off of a bye as well. Uh, Cowboys only two-point favorites there. Like, where did that open? Where where do the uh, guys that you talk to think that's going to go? And and what are they going to need? They they felt like, first off, as as I got my information Sunday night, Trista, that game was going on. The bloodletting was happening, um, and they what, they what they pointed to was that the look-ahead line last week on this game was uh, was two and a half, and the smarter set bet the Cowboys up to three on the look-ahead. They ended up reopening this at uh, Cowboys. They, they ended up reopening at Cowboys minus three, but that was before the Sunday night football game. Interesting. So then they, they took it off the board before that, and when it went back up this morning, it was down to two and a half, and as you said, down to two because the Cowboys just did not look good. So early early movement going toward the Chargers, but the public's probably still going to be on the Cowboys in a primetime game. Go, Watson! Sorry, Pat! Go, Go Watson! Do, do it for the children! <laughs> Thank God! Oh, Pat, all my teams always lose on my birthday. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Louisville comes to – well, that doesn't even come to town, but you, you saw it. Oh, Pat, I, I got to ask you about this game. I got to ask you about this sure. game, all right? So Atlanta, I'm really high on Atlanta coming into the season as far as the win total, and Desmond Ritter has not looked good. Sure. Then he goes home, throws for over 300 passing yards, had a rushing and passing touchdown in that game. But against the Commanders, man, 
This opens two and a half with Atlanta. We're down to one and a half in some shops. Commanders just lost to the Bears outright. I know they're home here, but explain this one to me. Atlanta Commanders, what the book need might be with the total at 42 coming up this weekend. Right. A little surprised by by what you just said there. And look, I think you're in a, in a good spot. I talked to a really smart group over the summer who got on the Falcons over on the win total. They really, really like Falcons over on the win total. So, uh, so I hope you guys get there, and I hope they were right because I thought it was yeah. their their logic was very interesting. So, yeah, it's hard to say where this is going to go, but um, as you said, Falcons minus one and a half, Washington coming off a bad, bad loss that, that was not expected, a, a beatdown. I mean, they got run out of the state out of their own stadium there. So, I would think that uh, you know that if there's a public play, this isn't really a public game per se, but I would think that there's a public play. They're going to be on Atlanta here. Um, I'm definitely surprised that uh, that there was some movement kind of toward Washington on this after last week. We saw how badly the Bucks looked when they played against a team that could get pressure, like the Philadelphia Eagles. You had Baker Mayfield in the fetal position pretty much the entire night. We watched that live on TV. I think that was a Thursday night game. So the Lions, Lions, Pat, to me, feel like they're going to be a public uh, team all year, right? Yes. Oh, I think that's totally safe to say. And forgive me for looking away. I'm looking at an odds board here just so I've got everything that you've got in front of you. (laughs) Yes, they will definitely be a public team. They've already proven to be that, uh, you know, through the first few weeks. uh, People have finally realized, look, this is a team that if you go back to the middle of last season, Tristan, I'm sure the two of you have talked about this uh, along with Ryan as well. 12-3 and straight up, 13-2 and against the spread in their last 15 games. It doesn't take the public that long to figure it out. And they're a fun team to watch, and they got a coach that's really high energy. So I, I do think this team, this team is becoming more and more public, and they'll probably get a fair amount of action in this game. But uh, uh, you know, and but New Orleans coming off a bye, they've got some rest. They went, or, or rather, Tampa coming off a bye got some rest and rolled over New Orleans, where they were four and a half point road underdogs in yeah. uh, in week four, Trista. So. You know, there may be a little something to that team. This could be a better uh, a better game than expected. Uh, Lions a short favorite at the moment. Pat, thanks so much, man, for joining us Good tonight. Stuff. Enjoy the rest of the game. Good luck there. Uh, I hope you enjoy the Absolutely. environment. And hopefully we get a fun one as the Packers look to take a 13-10 lead. We'll talk again next Looks week, Pat. awesome. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. That's our guy right there, Patrick Everson. Give him a follow on Twitter, Patrick underscore Vegas. Vegas Insider Packers take a 13-10 lead. The A.J. Dillon stuff has to stop. They should just call him uh, He Mr. is so terrible. Uh, he runs like, he looks like Jerome Bettis. He runs like, I don't even know, Willie Lump Lump. It is just brutal. We're going to take a quick break. Bet MGM tonight continues. 13-10 Packers, Monday Night Football.